Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today is about discovering and maybe even creating from our connection with our soul. Well, what does that mean? You see, you are the sole creator of your experience, your life. And with everything going on in the world around us, these times invite us to restore our natural co-creative relationship with our soul. In order to rise above the fear, the chaos, the anxiety, all these things going on, and maybe even whatever's been holding you back until this moment, our guest today helps thousands of people to explore the flow and creativity of their soul's highest expression. Today, she joins us to talk about her new book and the call to rise above. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Whitney Freya lives her mantra, life is the canvas of your soul, and she does do that. She is devoted to creating space to explore the limitless field of infinite possibility. The canvas and paint are tools in her medicine bag as she guides others to new levels of self-mastery. Inspired by our collective journey into the new creativity, Whitney has published three books on personal creativity, blazed new trails as an entrepreneur, traveled as a transformational speaker, founded her creatively fit coaching training program, and always has a blank, blank canvas. And I've seen so many of her canvases. I've rarely seen a blank one. There's so many beautiful, amazing works that are just an arm reach away from her. Even when you see her in her home, you're going to see some beautiful artwork. Her unique approach to personal creativity is energy work, meditation, and as a boundless source of spiritual growth has garnered her international media attention, including CBS News and appearances alongside Dr. Wayne Dyer, Donna Eden, and others. Whitney has taught at the Esalen Institute, Agape Center, and around the world at creativity conferences and festivals. She is so talented, and I am so happy to have her here. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Thank you, Julie. It is lovely to be back with you. Oh, I am really, really happy to have you back. The last time I had you on my show, I was recovering from a broken leg. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I do. You were um, in your bed. We were talking from your bed. (laughs) (laughs) I was. I was doing the show. And then shortly thereafter, I I got this beautiful package in the mail that was absolutely stunning. And I have one of your pieces of artwork. And Mm -hmm. you know I'm one of your biggest fans. So I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I do traditionally here, and I've I've asked you this before, is starting out with my one question to kind of set our conversation into this greater meme and this this bigger picture. And so I want to do it again because your life has continued to evolve in so many ways and you're doing really incredible things on the planet. And I would love to hear your response to this in, in, today. So 
Miss Whitney. Will you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Wow. Um, you know, I love that that is your, you know, mantra for your show, because um, I truly believe that. And, you know, so much of what I teach is creating awareness for people around the fact that, you know, we have very perfectly these two different kind of personalities or perspectives that we're tapping into. And it's left brain, right brain, it's masculine, feminine, you know, it's ego and soul. But one side, the ego, the um, left brain, sees ourselves as separate and like we have to protect ourselves from life, right? And the other, which is just as accessible, but has not been as encouraged, you know, as we were growing up in school and work and, you know, the overall dialogue up until now. Um, and that is the side that does see everything as interconnected and no separation. And that whatever's going on in your life, you can really count on getting the clues or the guidance or receiving the wisdom because you are tapped into this field. And so, you know, one of the hugest reasons that I love turning people on and guiding them into a personal painting practice is because the painting practice facilitates us staying attuned to that frequency or that perspective where we are able to um, be in a state of interconnectedness. And for me, on a practical level, what that means is, you know, whether I'm traveling or creating a new training or hopping on an interview or a coaching call, I consciously kind of hand over my own agenda, my own experience up until now, and absolutely count on the perfect words and the perfect thoughts and wisdom and energy to flow through me. Um, because for me, that feels easier and lighter. And I don't want to, you know, if I had a choice, I'd rather um, draw on that infinite connection rather than the other. So it helps me to consistently step into, you know, new blank canvases in my life and saying yes to things that, uh, that do trigger that fear because there is unknown, but I can say yes confidently because I know it's in alignment with my heart and soul. And then I can count on that interconnectedness, right? So it's, it's just, we're so much more powerful when we're tapped into that. And I am grateful for the entrepreneurial journey that I've been on the last, you know, 20 plus years, because I think it keeps me at least. And I think many of us in this state of just open receiving, because we're so fully aware that we can't figure it all out, <laughs> you know, and, and that, um, that we really are interwoven like the spider's web, you know, with everything going on around us. And um, I find life to be less stressful and more magical when I'm tapped into that. It doesn't mean I always am, right? <laughs> we all have our moments. And uh, yes. I love how when I hop on Facebook Live frequently to capture those moments and share those moments. And I laugh just because those Facebook Lives just go crazy, you know, because I'm sharing like, okay, this just happened. And no. Oh! It's triggering an old belief or how do I approach this from uh, my master self? And um, so we're really all in that together. And I love reaching out right at the moment when I feel maybe the most alone and not connected. I love that introduction because like you just literally laid down so many topics for us to explore during this this time together here. And I love that you said my master self because I'm going to, I'm just going to pick up with where you were and weave it into a story from my morning because 
I, I have been um, on a little mini vacation and I just returned and haven't, I haven't been on my computer. I haven't opened email. I haven't been on Facebook or anywhere. And there's a message in a Facebook group of these, I'm working with, you know, a group of evolutionary leaders, real um, global co-creatives and a woman posted and said, Hey, I'm just noticing all the men, there's this, there's all this action and all this, this overflowing information coming from all the men and where are the women? And Mm. it was really interesting because as you're explaining, left brain, right brain, ego, soul, masculine, Mm -hmm. feminine, I was doing this same thing this morning in my reflection. Um, I haven't responded yet. And I just, I wrote some some notes. I just started literally writing about this because a lot of the women have been afraid. A lot of women aren't speaking up, but what, what, what's happening in our world is there's, you know, here we have this masculine feminine, we have this creative juice and this creative source. And we're talking about tapping into the soul and a worldview that trusts exactly what you said, Whitney, this whole beautiful monologue that spilled out of you is a worldview where we can really relax into who we really are, trust Mm -hmm. this connection to a higher source, trust that the perfect words are coming through. That same worldview literally can help us trust that we have all the solutions we need for a world in crisis that literally we're being guided every step and we 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 can create really beautiful abundance and regenerative practices and and so much more in our world but the other worldview with that left brain that ego and that let's hurry up and get it done let's hurry up and fix what's wrong let's hurry up and <laughs> so often we feel so small and insignificant when we think we have to fix it all and then we don't have the answers and and so it's really a fun reflection to think about everything that you talked about as is really a new worldview of how we can move into this connection yeah we yeah. need to this this is this is the call right is to this is the call this is the call. And, and, and it's actually, it's such a um, beautifully scary time right now <laughs> because, because it's, it's, it's like the medicine, you know, that, um, that heals us. And it's, it's the bitter medicine maybe for some of us. And, and the thing is, is we can no longer see ourselves as separate. We can no longer imagine that what we're seeing in the external world is not a reflection of what's going on inside us. And the more we understand that we get to be the change we want to see in the world. I don't know how many times I've said that recently. And I'm like, always like air high-fiving Gandhi, because I think he's probably really excited right now because we have to now really embrace and go within to understand where are we holding back and not showing up fully because we are just hoping somehow that there's going to be the savior that all of a sudden appears and makes everything better. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know, we have to, we have to be that change. And when things are kind of, you know, so, so, or mediocre or okay, or bearable or whatever we, you know, we get complacent. We all do. 
you know, again, that's why the entrepreneurial gig, I feel like is so, such a um, powerful journey because you're just always having to be engaged. There's no like sitting back and just coasting. Um, so when we understand that and we can really look at each other, like, wow, we're in this together, you know, and what impacts one of us impacts all of us. And how can we come from this place of oneness while also recognizing our differences? You know, there's just, there's so much opportunity right now. Um, that's really beautiful. And, and you have to guard yourself energetically to stay in that place, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, Wendy, you also mentioned being in this place of open receiving, and then here we have this guard yourself kind of thing, but you talk, you, you talk about our creative, our creative energy, this creative force as, as our life force, as the chi, you know, that, that really can move us. But let's, let's just set the stage for a second of, I'd love to hear how you define creativity and creative force and creative energy as, as it also kind of defines the soul, because we're really talking about co-creating with the soul now and being Mm -hmm. open to really listen. So I'd just love to hear um, how you define those things, this creative energy and then creative source and this infinite connection that's there. Right. So, um, so the first thing that's coming to mind, because clearly, I mean, just that question could be volumes and volumes, um, depending on which way you're looking at it. And for me, the creativity is what gives life to something. So for example, for our life force, right? It's like the creativity is the breath, like the breath that animates this physical body, right? None of us could function for a day or more. I mean, we would just lie in bed if we weren't engaging our creative energy in some way or form. I mean, we are creating in every moment. And when we stop creating is when we pass on, uh, when we stop creating in this form, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, So creativity is really inseparable from living is what I believe. And, you know, we were taught this story that lumped creativity in this box with, you know, art and dance and music. And it was, you know, great for creatives, right? But for the rest of the world that had to, you know, work hard and make a living and be practical and and all of that, they didn't somehow get to dip into that box of creativity. And I know I grew up thinking that I had not inherited that artistic DNA. You know, I hadn't um, received that part of the, you know, genes or whatever. And the truth is, is that we're creating in every moment with our thoughts, our ideas, our words. I mean, you look at Masaru Emoto's research on water and how water crystals are impacted by sound and intention. And then you look at Dr. David Hawkins' book on power versus force um, that talks about how our energy, just our, literally the energy that we um, radiate how it impacts the world around us. And he also has a whole chapter on art and that people test strong um, in front of an original piece of art and weak in front of a print of the same piece of art, right? So there's just all of this mm-hmm. um, understanding around how basic to the human experience this creative force is. And we've been taught, again, that it's separate you know, that it's something that only a couple people out of a hundred or a thousand get are born with and the rest of us don't 
have access to it. And that's just a very modern conception, right? Um, as uh, like every indigenous culture ever created extensively um, through music and the arts and symbology and jewelry and all of this. And they didn't do it because it helped them to survive physically. It's because it connected them to the infinite and helped them survive energetically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we're taking that back right now. And my personal goal and the goal for the clients and the coaches, my clients and the coaches that I train is that we really, you know, live each day with this intention of looking at life first as the infinite being, as the soul that's currently getting to express itself in this physical reality. And that changes everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, You know, instead of being this finite person that's kind of making time for their spiritual growth, it's really our soul, our spirit that's that's created an opportunity for us to experience this world through um, the physicalness that is our individual self. And from that place, you can access the infinite wisdom that you have access to. You can. Um, know and learn things and make quantum leaps and defy logic and um, break through limiting beliefs when you understand that everything is accessible to you. Mm. And it's, that, it's a shift in perspective, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the thing that you offer that is, I think, important for our listeners to really just breathe into and absorb is this idea that creativity is that same force as our breath, that all of life is creativity and this creative force. And you don't have to be an artist that's, you know, an accomplished artist to really embrace that. So thank you for that, because that really brings it into every cell of our being. Of of course, Mm -hmm. if we're alive, we are this creative thing right here, right now. It's beautiful. You have a quote. I'm, I have several of your quotes written down because this book, oh, oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it is so gorgeous. Rise above. It is so yummy. I just, oh, oh I love this book. Here's one quote. I'm going to probably share many of them during this hour with you. Our physical bodies are the chalice into which the divine can pour its light, love, and wisdom. Instead of trying to do it all ourselves, we can simply receive and then share from our overflow. And so I love that being, and you know, the chalice being creativity itself, but then pouring this divine intelligence, right? This universal intelligence that's just here accessing. We can just open to receive it. We don't even have to work hard at it. You know, so many people try to work hard at this connection. We have to meditate, we have to pray, we have to do certain things, and then maybe we'll get a moment of bliss. And what we're learning is all of that's not true. We don't have to work so hard anymore. Right. How do you teach people? How do you teach people to really get into that flow state? Because you talk a lot about it. You've you've named it in your book, Super Soul Flow. I love that. I love that. I've been teaching about this flow state a lot. And Um, I can't wait to hear you talk more about it. What is the super soul flow? Well, so there are um, two parts to it um, for right now, what's coming to me, right? And so the first thing I I do want to mention what you mentioned about the chalice, because this is uh, a a necessary 
element to being in super soul flow. And I just led this in this very, you know, specific way um, this past uh, weekend during an online event. And I do guided meditations now and sound journeys and sound baths and all to align us, you know, open us up to a, a higher frequency. And and we connected to the chalice just through closing your eyes. And you can do this right now when you're listening. Just close your eyes and breathe deeply and listen to your breath. You know, connect to your breath. Um, you can use the Ujjayi breath if you go to yoga and you know how to kind of generate that sound from the breath going over the back of your throat. And just imagine that as you breathe in, you are filling up your chalice. And breathe in and breathe in deeper. You know, see how with each breath, if you can, you know, get to the point where you're breathing down to your toes and then connect to the thoughts that you've been thinking lately. You know, have you been planning, imagining into dreaming about maybe you have a vacation coming up or someone coming to visit or, you know, something new that you're about to start and you've been able to spend time imagining and getting excited about that. And then maybe you've also experienced that filling up with worry or anxiety about something that you're afraid isn't going to work the way you want it to and what all the different domino effects of what might happen if that doesn't work and that doesn't work and, you know, all these worst case scenarios. And just feel the difference. Imagining filling up with thoughts of excitement and anticipation or thinking about how much you love something or someone or how much you're looking forward to doing something, generating thoughts around how you're free to explore right now or you're have an abundance of friends or ways to spend your time in your free time versus the worrying or the complaining or the you know rehashing the news <laughs> you know and and so just imagine the chalice so when you're worrying and you're breathing in the worry what does that feel like like imagine what you're filling up your chalice with? Like, what does that worry look like? And do you want that inside of you? Do you want that animating the cells in your body? Or would you see the benefit to really protecting what you fill yourself up with and intending in each moment to imagine the best case scenario rather than the worst case scenario and filling up with positivity and possibility and uh, faith and trust or love, and compassion. Um, I've been able to fill up through this process myself with um, joy in light of being in a super challenging situation um, because I understand I'm learning. When I look at it from that perspective, I'm able to see like, oh, this is me learning how to rise above human drama again from this different angle. How cool is that? <laughs> All right, literally, you know, um, so, so the chalice is who you are as a physical being, um, very intentionally here to hold, receive, and then radiate the light and energy thoughts and visions that you choose to fill yourself up with. And what I'm suggesting in super soul flow is understanding that you can open up to receiving the infinite wisdom, love and perspective from your soul, from your higher self and moving from that place and counting on the emotional feedback, 
You know, if you're thinking about, okay, you know, I have these two options in front of me. I'm going to breathe into this and I'm going to see which one feels better because I understand that feelings are the way that my soul communicates to me. Um, So that is this first step is just understanding that we are choosing in any moment what to fill ourselves up with and just really connecting to the fact that we're free to fill up with anything we want. And I certainly have no judgment. I mean, there's plenty of time in my life where I filled up with worry and stress or, you know, all these different things. And now I just am so aware of it all the time, you know, that I can catch myself. It's kind of like pulling yourself out of a nosedive a little quicker Um, and then getting really specific about how I want to fill up. You know, I go to the canvas to paint a color or a symbol that, that I know is going to fill me up with what I want. And then it's just tuning in that flow to the feeling of like, oh, this is happening. This is happening, you know, like with me, this is happening without me forcing it or having to work hard. And so I'm going to, you know, hop in and co-create with that flow. And that's the, that's that super soul flow. Like, aha, I see, I can feel all the energy moving in the same direction. And I'm just going to follow that, even though it's not what I thought was going to happen this morning, right? I'm able to, I'm able to tap into that feeling of like, Ooh, a couple of different things just kind of coincided kind of coincidentally. And I'm feeling a lot of excitement around this and I'm surprised by it, but I'm going to keep following that energy, right? That's being in super soul flow. Yeah. You know, Whitney, you teach people how to do this and you, you do it brilliantly. And I, I think that this creates a question of how to use those two sides of our mind. And so after the break, I'd love to hear you talk more about the super soul flow when our rational, logical mind, you know, this, the two parts of our brain, the hemispheres kind of are in, in conflict with one another. And how do we learn to really balance it to get into this super soul soul flow? So we have so much more to talk about. Plus I want to talk about this beautiful book, Rise Above, and there's so much more. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return more with Whitney Freya. listening to empower radio an entire radio station devoted to your personal development expanding your conscious awareness and empowering positive change meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com on iHeartRadio, tune in stitcher radio or itunes or download the empower radio app for your smartphone or tablet it's free in the app store and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand empowering people empowering change empower radio online at empowerradio.com Hi, this is Maria Menunos coming to you with some urgent news impacting families across America. Studies reveal that one in five children in America are struggling with hunger. That's nearly 16 million children who may not know where they're getting their next meal or if it's even coming at all. These kids need help and they need it now. But the good news is there's more than enough healthy food in this country to ensure that no one ever goes hungry again. 
And that's where the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks steps into the picture. They're out there every day collecting surplus food and helping to get it to children and families facing hunger. But they can't do it alone. Find out how you can help support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Time starts now. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Where can you find the answers to these questions? Car crashes are one of the leading killers of U.S. children. Many of those deaths could be prevented by making sure that kids are in the right seat for their age and size. Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I don't know how to talk like a parent. Don't make me come back there. You see what I mean? It's pretty awful. Try it again. Don't make me come back there. Now that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids in the Ad Council. Empowering you for a better life. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archives and a link with the upcoming guests. There's so many there. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected. With Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. We're talking with Whitney Freya today, and you can find her at WhitneyFrya.com, which is Whitney, F R E Y A.com. And also, you can find more information about this beautiful book we're talking about. You can do that at RiseAboveTheBook.com. RiseAboveTheBook.com. Whitney, before the break, I just love that book. It's it's oh, mm-hmm. so yummy. So we were talking about the super soul flow, and we had mentioned earlier about the um, that piece of that intuitive versus our logical mind. And you know, we we had referenced the left brain, the right brain, the ego, soul, masculine, feminine. But I'm curious how you teach with this practice. And I love that you use art as a practice. It is so beautiful. I want to hear more about that. But this super soul flow, what, how do we balance those sides of our brain and really learn to listen to that flow of the soul that's speaking to us? Um, Here's a quote. Let's see if this is, yes, this is a beautiful quote. The invitation right now to you is to tune into the ways your soul is whispering to you every step of your journey. It's like learning a new language. Your logical mind speaks one language. Your intuitive mind speaks another. So how do we learn to really harness that and 
not give in to just like we were saying earlier that you know part of our logical brain wants to create anxiety and fear and all kinds of other things yeah well so a basic understanding of left and right hemisphere is that the left hemisphere is fear-based um, it is programmed literally to resist all change um, it is the critical mind and the judgmental mind. It is our like inner admin. It's the filing cabinet. It files away everything we've experienced up until now. Um, and it's also, you know, the detail oriented, the discerning mind. Um, and the right brain is there to perfectly complement it. So it's love-based. It believes everything's working out perfectly. Everything's here to support you. It is present moment as opposed to the left brain, which is past future oriented. So in the present moment, you don't have baggage and you don't have worry and stress about the future. And from that place, you can access everything that's possible. Um, the right brain is intuitive. And instead of being limited by your experience up until now, is able to tap into everything else <laughs> but what you've experienced up until now. And so they're both very vital. And the, the discrepancy that's happened in our uh, kind of modern world and the way most of us were raised is, is a micro shift away from where we want to be. And it's simply that we've allowed the left brain fear-based logical mind to steer the ship instead of being co-pilot, basically. And what the intention is because clearly we were given both for a very good reason, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the, the intention is that we are able to be in the present moment, receive from the infinite wisdom, look at life from a perspective of love and compassion and peace and understanding and all these things. And then based on our level of passion and excitement and love for something, let our left brain know what we want to make happen in this physical reality. So the right hemisphere is meant to captain the ship. The right hemisphere is meant to lead the way. You know, it has the torch and the left brain is meant to support that which you know in your heart and your soul you're meant to experience right now. And what's happened is we get inspired, right? And this is most of the people I work with, we all know this very well. We get inspired, we feel it, you know, the hairs on our arms stand up, we get super excited, we experience the coincidences and synchronicities, and we know, like we know, like we know that whatever it is or whoever it is, or, you know, is in our highest good. And then we've been taught to take all of that to the left brain and say, um, logical mind, pretty please, can I do this? <laughs> right? We ask permission instead of letting it know, hey, I don't know how we're going to make this work, but we got to make this work. I don't have enough money to make this work. I don't have enough training. I don't have enough whatever. We're going to make this work because I feel it. I feel it in my bones. It's like I know it. I, like I've already seen it. I've already experienced it. So we're going to make this happen no matter what. And we give our left brain marching orders and it goes out diligently and will um, work based on your past experience and the facts and the figures to create an opportunity for you to follow that energy. That's what can happen. Instead, we've been taught to ask the logical fear-based mind, can I do this unknown brand new thing that I have no experience in or I've never done before? And all I can say is no. 
Mm. That's all it has available. And, um, and, you know, I feel for our poor logical minds because um, they've, it's like a, I was just picturing when you were talking, I was picturing a funnel, you know, like you might use, um, like I use it to put cinnamon out of the big jar into my little jar, right? So the funnel has the big side on one and then the narrow side on the other. Um, and it's like, we've been trying to use the funnel upside down, <laughs> wow. you know, we're trying to pour into this little piece and the whole time the funnel's like, it would be so much easier if you just flipped me the other way. Oh, right. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. Yeah. So the logical mind filters it, it, you know, it wants to categorize and organize. It wants to feel comfortable. It wants to feel safe. It wants guarantees. And so if you're asking it permission to do something different, which you have to do to get new results, right? If you experience something different in your life, you're going to consistently get frustrated and feel stuck because your poor left brain's like, listen, babe, if you keep asking me about this unknown thing, I have to say no. If you just tell me what to do, then I have to do that too, right? I love that. I love that. Can I do this versus the marching orders? When you said that, that was brilliant. Yeah. Wow. And that's a practice. That in itself is a practice to learn to trust and then to understand when that fear comes up and the unknown and the, the limitations. It's just that part of us that's trying to sort through how to make that work. Right. And so this is why I bring people to the canvas because, you know, I can just feel talking about this, right? Like it's huge. It's big. It impacts everything. Yes. <laughs> right? Like there's no part of your life that will not be touched by this new awareness. And that can start feeling big and overwhelming, right? So that's why we go to the canvas, like the blank canvas right away. It triggers fear. Most of the people I work with, 99.9% .9 of them, when I put a blank canvas in front of them, or I suggest it, they start getting a little twitchy. Oh, no, no, my, you know, my mother inherited all the creative genes. My sister, I can't draw a straight line. You don't want me painting. I'm not good at it, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that fear, if you're letting fear of the blank canvas stop you from just making a mark, what else are, is your fear-based mind stopping you from doing, right? Because your logical mind also knows it's not going to reach out and, you know, sting you or, you know, hurt you in any way. So it's this misperception. It's like, you know, the fear transferred onto any unknown. So when I guide people to the blank canvas and just first get them over that fear of whether it's making a mistake, of not being as good as the next person, of um, doing it wrong, of never finishing, you know, whatever it is that gets you afraid when you are approaching some new experience is the exact same thing that comes up at the canvas. So when we overcome that at the canvas, physiologically, you're creating those same neural pathways and that will not get you stuck next time you're facing something else new in your life. Um, and then as we paint, we're able to connect to whatever it is your soul's wanting you to, um, like whatever tool your soul's wanting you to put in your tool belt, it will guide you to that at the canvas. So if it's being more intuitive and just trusting, you know, you will experience that, but I've got to make this good. And then, you know, we coach you into just like paint, just layer the color and wait. If you don't know what to paint yet, just keep 
doodling and spilling and adding until you see it come through. And then that's how you do it in your life as well. If you start getting really overly critical of yourself or your perfectionism comes up, it will come up at the canvas and we can learn how to dance with that at the canvas. And again, it just ripples out beyond the canvas into the art that is your life because that's how our brains work. Um, so there's a lot of you know physiology and quantum physics and then the spirituality and the energy work and the meditation and all of this wrapped up um, in this painting practice. Um, but the canvas becomes a mirror, right? Reflecting back to you exactly what's going on inside and then giving you an opportunity to create the change you want. Um, it also is um, a portal, like a way to connect, like turning on the radio station and tuning the radio dial, connecting to that infinite um, intuitive voice, right? Connecting to the love base. Um, I guarantee you, if you know, you're feeling getting, you've just become really upset about something or angry or frustrated or scared, you go to your canvas and you just start playing with the paint and focusing on the colors within about three to five minutes, you know, you will be completely present. Whatever was bothering you is just gone. And you start getting new ideas like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Like it's literally physiologically impossible to stay scared and negative and feeling stuck or depressed when you've engaged that right hemisphere. And the canvas is just a super fun, accessible way to do that. Um, it's easier to take it to the canvas than to sit there and, you know, attempt to imagine over your entire life how this is going to <laughs> going to make a difference. You know, I thank you for that for that explanation. It was really inspiring and what I've learned from painting as a practice and now I want to paint more <laughs> like I have my studio and I haven't been up there lately but I, I use writing in other creative ways to also do this same kind of practice but even when you when you're in that painting as a practice if you get to that place of frustration of tightness of whatever you just stick with it long enough and literally things just break open and you know that mirrors there that portal opens the whatever you just stick with it long enough yes yes <sighs> and i want i want to point out something um, based on what you just said because this is such a great practical example of how this can serve you um and i hear this a lot so when you just mentioned um you know i haven't been up to the studio to paint in a while right so this is in my chapter um in the book rise above on spaciousness, creating the energy of spaciousness. Because I think all of us would love to feel spaciousness and like I have so much time and more than enough time to do what I need to do, right? Because more often we're like, oh, I don't have enough time. I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. So for example, when you say I haven't been up there to paint in a while, the typical reaction when we're in our left hemisphere, which we, we are most of the time, right? I mean, even speaking language is a left brain activity because we've learned the language and we're, you know, pulling from our file cabinet, so to speak. So when you say, I haven't been up there in a while, most people um, have an energy or a feeling of like, I've been a bad girl, you know, I haven't done it. I said I would. And we start beating ourselves up, right? And so 
um, you can take that, oh, I haven't done yoga in a while. I haven't painted in a while. I haven't gotten outside in a while. I haven't weeded my garden in a while, you know, and, and just start heaping the judgment and the inner critic comes out and, you know, you just are like digging yourself into this energetic hole, right? Um, and nothing looks good from that energetic hole. Like, oh, I suck at everything. You know, like I never <laughs> finish anything. And, you know, we can really spiral down. Likewise, with the awareness of the right and left brain and with practice, you know, this is why my first art center was called the Creative Fitness Center, because it's working out this mental muscle. The mind responds just like a set of muscles. Thomas Edison said that um, decades ago. You can say, I haven't been up to paint. I haven't been up to paint in a while. And your next thought can be, huh, I must be coming up on a painting cycle. See, the left brain sees time as linear. So we have this expectation that we should do things regularly, every day, every other day, once a week, twice a week, right? And the truth is we live on this round planet that's spinning and rotating around the sun and in the galaxy. We have night and day. We have ebbs and flows. The moon waxes and wanes. The trees, the leaves bloom you know, and get green, and then they fall and die, and then they come out again. Time is cyclical. So I've been enjoying for years now the fact that if I start thinking, oh, I haven't painted in a while, I haven't done yoga in a while, I haven't hiked in a while, my next thought is, ooh, I must be coming up on a painting cycle or a yoga cycle or a hiking cycle, right? Like that, nice. that statement, I haven't done that in a while, is just my soul letting me know, hey, we want to do that. Let's do that again. Right. Beautiful. Instead yes. Of, instead of beating ourselves up. So how beautiful would that be? What if you could just stop beating yourself up? You know, and I'm talking to our listeners, like, what if we stopped beating ourselves up and understood instead that those thoughts of, oh, I, you know, I haven't done that in a while is our soul saying, oh, please, can we do that? Because we really love doing that. It makes us feel good. Let's do that again. Right. That changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I love about listening to you, Whitney, and really appreciate about you is using art as this medium to explore the soul, to express the soul, to create more life. And, you know, we know that the that the brain does not distinguish between real and imagined events. And as you're working with people, you're reminding us that we're creating in every moment. And so it feels so nice to just relax into that communication, that expression of the soul. Instead of like you're talking about the linear mind that's beating us up, that's saying, hey, you know, something's wrong with you because you haven't been up to that studio lately or you're not, you're not creating the practice that's best for you or, or you're not doing your yoga, whatever. But I love this, this way to just relax, to go, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just make that so easy for us. So, so thank you for that. I just really mm-hmm. appreciate that. You know, your book, and I, your book is, is really yummy, but you create this exploration with different energies and essences. Mm-hmm. And we, we just have maybe a few minutes left, about 10 minutes left in the show. And I just want to give you an opportunity to talk about some of those if you want to. You already mentioned the spaciousness. Right. You also talk about freedom and self-love and 
we've talked about the present moment. Is there any other of those essences, those energies in the book that, that you want to mention to our listeners while we have you here? Yeah, I would love to. There's so much. And, you know, I really, my question that I kept asking myself over and over again with this book is how can I love my reader even more? Mm. Like how, like, I just, you know, I just, and, and holding this book uh, right now, I mean, I'm holding, holding it, looking at it, it's just like oozing, you know, with the color and the vibration. And so the first chapter I want to mention um, that was one of my favorites to really receive is the chapter on abundance. And of course, you know, we all love the idea of abundance and prosperity, and, and there are so many ways to tap into it. And, and I remember writing this chapter and getting, um, I mean, I could say the, the book is channeled, um, you know, I, I literally sit down and write and that's it. Like, there's not a lot of editing or anything like that going on. And what I got right away for abundance is that there are three different ways we can create abundance. And the money, financial abundance, which tends to really characterize our energy around that word, um, is a manifestation ultimately of how we're connecting to these other three. And so there's um, inner abundance, which is the acknowledgement that any true feeling of abundance has to come from within, because we all know that just having a lot of physical abundance doesn't make us feel safe or whole or complete or happy in and of itself, right? We understand that. Um, so there's inner abundance. Then there's creative abundance, which I call our ability right now to um, create and tap into so many different ideas and ways of doing things, right? Like just as women, you know, when I was growing up and talking to my mom about, you know, like going to college and what to be, when I grew up and she's like, well, you know, when I went to school, it was pretty much like you were going to be a nurse or a teacher, you know, and you went to college and you got married and you were a nurse or a teacher until you got pregnant and had your children. And that was it, you know, and I was crying to her my senior year of college because I was like, I don't even know what continent I want to live on. You know, like we have access to so many different ways of doing things and they've just grown exponentially every year, right? With the internet and everything else. So so connecting to the creative abundance, all the different ways we can do things these days is, is amazing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one, which is my personal favorite, is um, what I call radiant abundance. And that's the ability to be that energy of abundance for others, to be the Lakshmi energy of bestowing boons, even if it's being really kind to someone, you know, paying them a compliment, being extra helpful, being an extra amazing, amazing listener, you know, offering to go that extra mile for a friend. Like, how can you be abundance for somebody else and just radiate that energy? And if you are tapping into those three things and connecting to all the ways that you can feel and then generate the energy of abundance, the rest, whatever other abundance you want, is going to fall into place, right? Um, so I love that. And then the exercise, the suggested painting prompt is um, to paint a lotus flower, for example, um, to connect to that all the ways that, you know, the muck can, um, can support us in our bloom. So, um, so abundance is, uh, you know, one of the most magical chapters um, that, and I love how you could walk away from the chapter and immediately put it into practice. 
<laughs> just with yes. the thoughts, just with the thoughts inside your mind. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, each of these chapters, so freedom, self-love, presence, abundance, fearlessness, clarity, intuition, all of these energies and feelings, they each have an animal totem attached to them because the animals um, really can help us get to know the energy or the feeling, right? So for example, for joy, uh, the animal totem that I got for that is the lioness. And the reason I chose the lioness is because I really believe right now for us to live a life that we feel is joyful and that honors that which brings us joy, there's going to be a call to that lioness energy in which we get to fiercely protect that which brings us joy, our right to be joyful. Yes, that much of the time, right? That it is possible and to roar in the face of you know, the voice that says, uh, you got to spend time being a little more structured or responsible or, you know, or you can't take that much time off or you can't, you know, sit down and just meditate for a whole 30 minutes, right? So that lioness energy is, is our ability, the permission to protect your energy of joy fiercely. Mm. So I love that. It <laughs> yeah, there's a, a yummy taste, a big one. And I just wanted to add that this book is is all of these energies go along with animal totems. There's poetry. There's a lot of art and color and amazing, amazing, amazing imagery in this book. And then there's teaching and there's practices and there's prompts for the art. There is so much in this book that... Um, yeah, you can open any page and just feel it. Just like, just not even reading, like you said, with a linear mind, just hold it and feel it and experience it. It's, it's really a spectacular, spectacular treat for our right brain and that, that, that place in us. So Whitney, this really has been a delight and we could talk so much more uh, on all of these different topics and, and what have you, but in a minute or less, is there one, one thing that you would like to leave with our listeners today about rising above? Mm. I want to really encourage everyone that um, you have an opportunity. It's a choice. And there's really, honestly, there's no good or bad, right or wrong, better or worse choice. But just understanding that you do have a choice in each moment to take that which life is presenting to you and you get to choose whether you look at it through a lens of fear or a lens of love. And I want to thank you in advance for maybe stretching into the unknown to say, okay, all right, Whitney, let's look at this situation from the perspective of love and just just see what treasure you might find or how you might be comforted or supported when you choose to understand that no matter what you are experiencing, there is a way in which that is here to love and support you. Mm. Thank you, Whitney Freya. You know what? You have succeeded. Your book 
asking the question, how can you love your readers more? You've succeeded. You've definitely achieved that. And just even that little message right there is just one more representation of that. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for gifting us with this beautiful book. Mm, Thank you, Dr. Julie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, my pleasure. You've been listening with the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. I'd like to thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.